Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. Today, we'll be interviewing Josh Sakai. He's one of the co-founders at Affirmial Tattoos, and he used to be part of the Teal Fellowship. So here's the interview. So, welcome to the interview. We we're very glad that you were here. Um, so, you are the co-founder at Ephemeral Tattoos, and you're a Teal Fellow. So, to start this out, so the first question is, could you tell us a little more about what Ephemeral Tattoos is and what inspired you to create it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's great. It's great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Um, so, Ephemeral Tattoos um, is a tattoo company. And we create tattoos that are made to fade in about one year. Um, so you can get a tattoo, real tattoo, real experience, real tattoo artists um, in our studios coming this spring to Brooklyn um, that fades away naturally in one year. No laser, no creams, gone all on its own. And um, we've been doing this for about six years now. And um, we got started... Um, my co-founders and I all met at NYU and my story, I guess, just to rewind my own life a little bit, um, started a little ways before that. I was raised in uh, Long Island, New York. Um, my parents moved here from Iran. I was the first generation uh, born in the States and um, I was a very curious child and uh, sometimes stubborn um, and I always wanted to know why, why I had to do certain things. And um, I think this has served me in a lot of areas of life. And sometimes it hasn't. And, um, you know, one area where I think it caused some challenge growing up was with a lot of the traditional values that we upheld. You know, why can't I eat certain foods? Why must I, you know, wear certain clothes on certain days? Why can't I date 99% of the world's population? Um, a lot of these restrictions felt like limitations on how I can show up in the world, who I can be and how I can express myself. And at the top of the list um, is tattoos. It's a big no-no in my culture. And when I went to NYU, um, I met um, a member of the team and he had tried to get one of his permanent tattoos removed. Um, he had an awful experience with laser. He only went for one session and his body was scarred up and his bank account was a little bit more dented. And um, we started to think, hey, why can't we make tattoos that are made to fade from the beginning? Why can't we create an experience that puts the client first that already starts off setting them, setting them up to express themselves as freely as they possibly can? Um, and that was the inspiration that got us started six years ago. And um, it has been quite a ride to get to uh, where we are, as I'm sure you hear from a lot of folks on the show. Um, and I am super excited to finally be opening up our doors. That's incredible. When I first heard that you had like found out and created a way on how to remove tattoos, I was floored. Cause that is like something that I've heard from tons of people who've gotten tattoos. Like, Oh, I was like that. The regret is I wish I could change it or take it off. And that is amazing. That's a really cool 
that's a great, a really cool thing that y'all are doing. So like, so lots of things have been happening during the pandemic and lots of people have been struggling with startups. So have there been any challenges with opening stores stores with the COVID-19 pandemic? So it's an, it's an interesting question. I think for a lot of people, the automatic response is, oh my God, you know, pandemic. Um, why would you ever want to open up a retail store in the midst of this thing? Um, and I get it. And the pandemic has been difficult. Um, and there's also been some really important silver linings. Uh, the, fir- the first thing I'd say is, I think if there's any industry that's in person that's made for the pandemic, it's tattooing. Artists have already been trained to wear masks, to wear gloves, to hyper sanitize everything. And they've been trained in that for years before, you know, they ever started tattooing with us. So that's something that we've already been set up for success. Um, and at, at the same time, it's also been honestly good for the business because there's been a lot of real estate dislocation, which has been a good opportunity for us to get deals that are more affordable. So we can have a bigger space, create more distance in between studios, sorry, between booths, create more space for clients, um, and also limit the number of people in the studio. So we make sure that we're compliant with regular regulations. Wow. So it sounds like the pandemic actually helped y'all. And that's awesome. In, in some ways it definitely did. And look, I don't, I don't want to minimize the difficulty that's it's caused for millions and millions of people, um, our, ourselves included, um, and period. And, um, there have been some benefits to it. Yeah. So I'm curious, I was kind of thinking about this and I'm into STEM, so what about the tattoo makes it fade? Is it the ink? Is it something about the ink? Or is it like, I, what's the process behind that? I'm kind of curious. Sure. And also like love that you're in STEM, rock on. Um, Thanks. I studied, I studied computer science at NYU before, before dropping out. Um, so our inks are designed a little bit differently um, than regular tattooing. So the way regular tattoo inks work um, is there's really small particles go into your skin and when they get into your skin, they form these really large aggregates. And when they form those aggregates, they actually become too big for your body to remove. Um, What we've done differently is we have this, we have the same small particles go into your skin, but our particles are biodegradable and they break down over time. And when they break down over time, your body can remove the smaller pieces they break down into. Um, the other thing I want to mention is all of the components in our ink are FDA approved. Um, and we've done a bunch of research to ensure that it's safe. Um, I've been guinea pig number one. Uh, my co-founders have been guinea pigs number two and three. And we've all, we're all still, we're all still walking. We're all still walking and we're all, we're all still safe. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I love how that's kind of, it's biodegradable. So is it, I'm guessing it's, um, it's good for the environment as well. Is that, I don't know if that would be a product of this. Is that kind of also an approach you guys are taking? I don't know much about this. So No, not, not, not necessarily, not necessarily. So, okay. I, what, I think we kind of already talked about this, but what create, what made you interested in starting a startup, like getting the company idea, putting retail stores, like what's around the business idea? What got you guys interested in this type of business? 
Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, with ephemeral specifically, we thought a lot about, are we a technology company? Are we an ink company? Are we a retail company? And the way we kind of navigated that decision is we asked ourselves what, what's really important to us. Um, and what's really important to us is creating an incredible client experience and an incredible artist experience. And we realized that if we were just going to sell ink, we can't guarantee that. We can't create that. We can't create that brand and that experience that was really important to us as founders and what we believe is really important to the millions of Americans who this could be a really good opportunity for. So we recognize that to create an experience that puts the client first, that's safe and inclusive, that really sets itself up to be radically expressive, um, we, need to, we need to own the experience. We need to own the experience. And the way to do that is through retail. And once that became clear, we, we, set our, we set our path forward. That's really interesting. So instead of becoming an ink company and selling this to other companies, you guys wanted to control the entire experience and make sure everyone who has this ink in them was having the best experience possible. Just in case if there was some um, random store that didn't treat their customers well, they didn't blame it on, oh, that, ta- that tattoo, that is an awful tattoo because all those artists were mean people. So you wanted to make sure your business had a good spend because you guys were controlling the interactions with the customers. That's really interesting. Right on. And not even in the store, but I mean, before they even come into the shop, we're helping, we're helping educate them and set their expectations. After they go into the studio, we are, we are communicating them. We're seeing how their healing is. We're asking for, you know, if if they need support with anything and, you know, it's that, it's that client relationship that if we didn't, if we just think we can't build, we can't foster. So one of the ways we were connected was um, through the Teal Fellowship. We're not part of it, but some of the people there were connected connected us. So could you explain to our listeners what is the Teal Fellowship and what it was like being a part of it? Sure. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of the Teal Fellowship, no bias. Um, so the Teal Fellowship is a fellowship uh, sponsored by Peter Teal, um, one of the founders of, of PayPal. And um, essentially, the, the idea is, you know, traditional educational tracks, you know, you go to college for four years, you go to high school, um, aren't necessarily the best path for everybody. And it can be really scary to deviate from that. Um, financially, it's difficult. There's not much support structure in place. So um, Peter's idea was, hey, um, what if, what if we um, found and reached out to some people with, for whom they have ideas of projects they want to work on or companies they want to build, and we paid them, we, we sponsored them 100K over the course of two years, um, set them up with other like-minded individuals and mentors, um, and gave them the tools and resources and network they needed to pursue their idea outside of a conventional path. Um, and I, after three, three applications, uh, was, was um, I'm very humbled to be a part of this community, was accepted in, in the 2018 batch. Um, and, and for me, it's been amazing to be a part of. And I, I think the, the thing my you know, friends and family always say is, oh, wow, you got, you got the check from Peter. That's amazing. And yes, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's great to get um, financial support, but the piece that 
made the biggest difference for me was the community. Um, look, starting a company is not all roses and flowers and happy times. And um, one of the most difficult parts about it can be the isolation that comes with it. You know, there aren't too many young people doing this, especially. Um, and to be a part of a community of people who are in the same boat or similar boats as me, um, where I can engage and know that I'm not alone in this um, is really supportive um, and, and, and really helps get through more difficult times. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's kind of the same thing with us as podcast hosts. It's really helpful to have a community. We don't know a lot of podcast hosts, but some of the people that we do know, they can relate like posting episodes on time. And I could really see how it it's not just the money that's a big part of this. It's the community and the mentorship. And I think that's maybe one of the best parts of the TEAL program. It's getting connected with all those people. So it seems very fascinating. And it seems like maybe we'll apply sometime. Yeah. Hey, I, I would I would strongly encourage you both to. So on to the last two questions. Like we said, these are the questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, and the first one is, what books have had an impact on you and why? So I, at first, was thinking of what are the books with, you know, the biggest, you know, self, self-development messages that have made a difference. Um, what are the books that have spiritually opened, opened my eyes? And I'm, I'm actually going to suggest a different book. I'm going to suggest a book called Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Um, and it is a science fiction book. Um, and it is an incredibly gripping read. Um, and I'm not going to spoil and say what it's about, but I'll say what difference it made for me is that it opened my eyes. It, it sparked curiosity and inspiration and intrigue and interest. And I think in many ways, that's, that's the magic for an amazing life. Um, and I am always seeking out resources and people and communities that ignite that in me. And this book definitely did. Definitely did. And it's fun. Things can be fun too. So um, I, I recommend that to anybody. It's, a, it's, 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 you can, this is like a perfect Sunday afternoon. You don't want to leave the couch and this book will keep you there for sure. Sounds amazing. We'll definitely have to check that out. For sure. And it, yeah, it definitely sounds really interesting. I'm interested in science fiction, so I'll definitely have to check that out as well. So the last question that we always ask people, as Maddie said, is what advice do you have for teenagers? <sighs> okay, so I think the first thing I want to say is like, there's no magic bullet to life. So um, just take everything I say with a great with a great assault. Uh, and now I'll say what I what I would think about for for advice, and it's always very personal. And when I think about this, I'm thinking about myself when I was I was younger, and you know when I was when I was in high school, I felt um, an immense amount of pressure, an immense amount of pressure to uh, get great grades and go to great college, and you know do all these APs and clubs and sports and whatnot. Um, and what, what I wish what I wish had sunk in during those years was that there's no such thing as a right way to live life. 
And the water that I was swimming in, the culture that I was living in was telling me that these are the things I need to do to be happy, to be successful. And that there's no such thing. There's no such thing. And that the important thing to revisit is asking myself what kind of life I want to live for myself and what's important to me as a person, what kind of difference I want to make. Um, using those questions as a guiding North star. And those are questions that there's no, I don't think there's ever a definitive answer to. I don't think there's going to be a point in my life where I say, all right, this is it forever. I, I think this is going to be a, a lifelong journey of, of discovery um, that I constantly revisit. And I think um, if, if I had, if I had let that sink in more in high school, not only would a lot of the pressure have dissipated, but, there might've been a lot more joy in my life as well. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I, I think if you keep listening to our podcast a lot, you might think that, Oh, if I follow all these strategies that all these successful people put out, then maybe I'll be successful. But like you said, it, there's no silver bullet or anything and just kind of take the advice, but also it doesn't always apply to you. So take some advice and leave others. It's very it's really, I really like that advice because I think if you listen to our podcast a lot, you might be taking notes and be like, oh no, if only I do this. Oh no, Angela Duckworth said to do that. Oh no, what's going on? So I think, like you said, it, it depends on the person. And I really like that. And I, I think that's awesome. Thank you. I hope, I hope it resonates and makes a difference for some people. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome having you on. And have please have success with your business it seems really awesome so i'm looking forward to seeing more of that thank you so much and um if you want to come in and get a tattoo let me know sure maybe in a few years (laughs) i really enjoyed talking to josh he was really fascinating and a really nice guy Seriously, he's awesome. I love what he's doing with ephemeral tattoos. I am obviously not old enough to get tattoos, but I think it's really cool that he's found a way to be able to like remove them and that they fade away. And that's awesome. Yeah, especially it seems like they had that idea after his co-founder, one of the co-founders had this awful experience with having to get a tattoo removed. And I find that really interesting that they use that horrible experience to innovate this technology and make it so that more people who maybe don't want lasting tattoos can get tattoos and enjoy, I don't know, a smiley face on their elbow for a while. <laughs> what? That's yeah. really painful. It, it looks really painful because they don't think they inject the ink with needles. It's like five or seven tiny little needles. Okay. Yeah, it sounds scary, but I don't know. I've never gotten a tattoo, obviously. I've never, I've never gotten one either. Yeah. And I, he was really awesome. I loved his advice was really interesting because it was basically um, nothing's the silver bullet and take stuff and leave some stuff because it maybe not all advice applies to you. Like I said, in the interview, um, I think maybe one of the downsides to our podcast is that if you take, if you listen too clearly, then you might be taking notes and like, Oh no, I don't want to disobey what Dr. Angela Duckworth said, or I don't want to say something wrong. Like, um, and, and go against Dr. John McManus, who is one of, another one of our guests. Like, so a lot of this stuff, I think what Josh said was really awesome. He said, um, nothing's the silver bullet. It all depends on who you are as a person. And that's just the advice that people have accumulated from their experience. 
it'd be another great t-shirt. There's no right way of living life. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Hey, we have two t-shirt ideas. That is what Josh should do. That's part of his business now. <laughs> he needs to have a t-shirt with that. That would be awesome. I would yeah. buy one of those t-shirts, even if I couldn't get a tattoo. Me too. Do that, Josh. <laughs> so yeah, I really enjoyed that interview. It was awesome getting to talk to him. He's a really nice guy from what we were talking to him. I like his perspective on life and how he always asked why and how he said, like he said, there's no right way of doing life. Um, and that's, I think that's awesome. That that's his perspective. And I can resonate with that a little bit because I ask why a lot <laughs> too. So. Yeah, it's, I really do like the perspective as well. So our announcement sections, I wrote a podcast log recently. I think last time I might've said that I haven't written one in a while. Um, but that's not true anymore. I wrote one actually, I think the day before that episode was published. So go check that out. It's about what's podcasting like with school. And I thought it was interesting, although I'm biased because I wrote it. So check that out. We also on our website, we have merch. So aiming for the moon sweatshirts, aiming for the moon t-shirts and aiming for the moon stickers. Um, art by heart has designed all those. So go check her out. I believe it's artbyheart.com. So she's my sister and she's a really great graphic design artist. So uh, we have a YouTube channel now, as we've said before in our other episodes, Aiming for the Moon podcast on YouTube. Make sure you say podcast, otherwise songs will come up that I haven't listened to. As I've said before, um, we have Instagram and Twitter. I believe it's Aiming the number four moon on Twitter and Instagram. So check us out there. Follow. We post guest updates, pictures of guests, um, the pictures of books, like just a lot of cool stuff. So follow us there. And if you want to contact us, if you want to, I don't know, submit a guest idea or just say hi, then Aiming for the Moon has a contact page and our email is there. So, yeah, I really enjoy our website and all of our socials. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And then Maddie wrote her Maddie's Opinion. And that was deep work, right? Yes, I did do that. And I also released a podcast log a week after yours. Oh, cool. I haven't checked back in a a little bit. That's awesome. I'm just thinking about this. And season two is here. This is the second episode of season two. Actually, I don't want to say that. I don't know when this is releasing. Uh, But this is one of the episodes of season two. And we're going to have some spectacular guests on. So I can't say exactly who we're having on because I don't want to spoil some of it because I don't know when this episode's releasing. But it's going to be incredible. We have entrepreneurs. We have authors. We have professors. And we have podcasters. We have some really well-known podcasts that will be coming on. I can't wait to have them on. And I'm very excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Very, very good stuff. So I believe that's all we have to cover, right? Don't forget. Set your sights high. And aim for the moon.